Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, what's happening, everyone? Welcome back. Welcome back. We've been on a little hiatus, uh, but we are back. And just for you, uh, I have a very, very special guest this week. Welcome to the Driven Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Matt Browning. And this week, I want to talk about a couple things. And it's something we don't talk about very often, but it's going to be a specific genre of people, specifically the little people. I'm not talking about the little people, little people. I'm talking about the kiddos, the little kiddos in your life. Um, We're going to share all about um, entrepreneur kids. We're going to talk to this week about uh, specifically women entrepreneurs as well, because I have one of the pioneers in the field of child mindness, uh, mindfulness, Alicia Marcus Barong. Now, she's created the creator of the Chatter Girls. She's also the founder and the world's first pediatric life coach. Um, Her messages and books that she's shared, and this message has gotten her to places like speaking on the same stages as Mother Teresa, Pope John Paul II, and she has an incredible passion for helping kids, helping parents, helping moms, and there's a whole flair of entrepreneurship in the work that she does with her brand new book, Becoming an Unstoppable Woman, Entrepreneur, 26 Powerhouse Industry Leading Women, and she is honored to be ranked amongst those. Very excited to have you. Um, and I've known you for the last at least couple years, I think, Alicia, as we've uh, you've been walking also through uh, our speaking program, and you've just been growing in crazy leaps and bounds with everything you do. You're a rock star when we met you, and now you're in the stratosphere. Hey, Alicia, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. I'm very excited to uh, be here. And yes, I have been on this journey with y'all for about two or three years, and it has taken me to some amazing places. Yeah, you, I mean, you just never stop. So you were telling me just before we started here uh, recording, where were you speaking like just last week or this week? Yeah, last week I was in Vegas speaking at the National After School Association Conference. And it was a really big honor because there were three of us telling our stories and our journeys and really showing how our journeys, um, you know, can help other kids, help kids on their journey. So it was one of the most amazing experiences I've had in a long time. And um, I'm thankful to have it. And I felt really good about being there from all my training. Yeah, you. I mean, I, I, I saw the pictures and you just looked at home on stage as you always do. Super proud of you. You are uh, just a firecracker. You're awesome. Um, and your new book, we'll talk about that in a little bit here, Becoming an Unstoppable Woman Entrepreneur. But what really brought you to the dance and what I want to spend um, some of our time here as well is this, I, this idea of pediatric life coaching. Hello? Okay, I'm here. I lost you for a second. Oh, no problem. No problem. So we're back then. Um, Yeah, the idea of pediatric life coaching is what really brought you to the dance, so to speak. Um, When I met you, I'd never heard of a pediatric life coaching. Um, I'd been certifying life coaches for years and years and years and met many of them. And, you know, you got your Tony Robbins popularizing the entire industry. But I I think there's always been that piece where it's like, yeah, yeah, we're going to coach the people. 
but then the kids are like, what happens to the kids? So what what brought you to think of this in the first place? What was like the, the genesis of the idea to even do pediatric life coaching? Well, I really, you know, I have a, uh, have a master's in uh, adolescent counseling. I did that. I ran halfway houses and all different kinds of things. And then I got, I walked away and I became a hypnotherapist and then, and decided to be a children hypnotherapist. And that was my first big step was to be able to develop ways that we could teach kids how to take control of their minds. And so I started that. And then I uh, went to life coaching school. Sorry, didn't go to yours, but uh, I did go to life coaching school and I said, okay, I'm going to add it. So my big love was women and children. And uh, because so many children in the world don't have mental issues, they don't have mental disease, but they do have issues that can turn into mental uh, diseases. And so what I wanted to do was to give them tools. And that's really the style how I did when I did counseling. But after doing learning coaching and everything, I developed a whole different style of being able to um, teach tools so the kids can have them now and they can use them on their journey um, to wherever they're going. I love, I think it's so important that you, you made a distinction between like mental disorder and, you know, mental health versus everyday mental health. I think there's, we've talked about this uh, recently, actually quite a few times. I just had Dr. John Deloney from the Ramsey Network on recently on the show. And, you know, he was talking about the idea of, you know, hey, everybody needs mental health, like physical health, like emotional health, communication health, spiritual health. We need to start looking at our mental health as important. And, and that's something this, you know, the two-year pandemic shutdown has really taught everyone, if, if not, nothing else, is the importance of everyday mental health of, hey, I can be a relatively healthy person that feels unhealthy in my mind from time to time. I don't have to have a psychotic break or be institutionalized or whatever it is um, to start working on my own mental health. When you work with, what, what did you see most when with kids, like, would you work with kids mostly that had already started developing some issues that the parent would say, hey, can you come help our kid with X? Or was it working with healthy kids? Talk to us a bit about what it's like having the parent bring the kid and why would they bring them and, and what did that look like? I can give you a great example. Uh, it was my experience of you know working uh, with kids that I already had. So what happened was, there's a lot of issues that happen for kids and a lot of parents do not want to necessarily put their kids on um, prescriptions. Um, they want to have an alternative choice. And the combination of pediatric uh, hypnotherapy and coaching gave those parents those opportunities and those tools. So I worked with a lot, I work with a lot of kids with anxiety and ADHD you know, different ways. And what was the most exciting part for me was when I was in California, um, I worked with the acupuncture students, the uh, adults, and um, the school came to me and they said, the system in um, the San Diego County at that time had that if your child um, showed uh, ADD symptoms or ADHD symptoms, 
you had to sign a paper that within six weeks, you would have a treatment for that child. Otherwise, they they could push that child to have to go on a prescription. Wow. And, the school district could get involved. That's already yeah. a little scary, man. Yeah, it was. It was scary. So what I did is I developed a six-week program. And so within six weeks through hypnosis and life coaching, that child would usually within three weeks, but that child could return to the room, would sit in the desk, could focus and pass their test. So I covered all those areas for that child and we saw great growth and uh, it was a great opportunity. The law is not there anymore. It was fought and it has been removed. But oh, it gets, good. Yeah. But it gave parents an opportunity to say, I want to choose something else. And I had something for them to choose. And that's really when I developed more of it because I had developed some of it in San Ante in um, New Mexico, but I really developed it uh, there to start the pediatric uh, life coaching part of it uh, to help the kids. You know, we, we all need tools to, to be able to manage our lives and, you know, we learn from other people. So why don't we give our children tools to be able to manage their lives so they can manage some of their lives? You know, I, you took the, the breath right out of my mouth there, Alicia. Um, why don't we teach the kids the tools? And I cannot tell you how frustrating it is when, especially the achiever parents, I think. And I've been, I'm guilty. I would put my hand up. I've been one of them where the achiever parents tend to want to do the things for the kid. And it's little things like, okay, it's time to do your homework. Okay, it's time to go to bed. Hey, you need to go break. And I get it because if I don't tell my son to brush his teeth, he'll brush them with gummy bears and go to bed, right? So like I need to tell him things, but I can get so overbearing that I make the decisions for him. And, and then all of a sudden the kid's 18, we kick him out and say, go to college and make good choices. And they're like, but I've never made a choice. I don't know, I don't know how to do this. What are some of the tools that say, you know, if, if uh, you're listening, you relate to what I was just saying, right? You're like, well, how else do I do this? Rather than say, I have a kid that's not listening very well, or they're, you know, we have that thing going on. Maybe it's an ADD kid. And well, you know what I mean? There's no ADD kids, but there's a kid that's exhibiting ADD type behavior. And I get it and we love them. And I, but I want to have boundaries, but I don't want to be over four. How do I do it? Where do we start? Well, I, th I think you start with and I always say this is the most important part uh, with parents. And I always tell the parents, before you walk into my office, you need to be able to tell me that you listen to this child uh, tell you what's going on in their mind, even if it's confusing. This is the hardest thing for us as parents. Now, I'm a parent and a grandparent, and I will tell you it is. It's just to listen. And you see the frustrations in their mouth, their heads, and you see them, their body language, but they don't know what to do with it. And so they say, oh, well, I just, I can't breathe or I can't do this. And so once you have some of those things and you cut and they come to my office, then we figure out what is the main issue? Because a lot of times anxiety, but also might be pulling their hair out. Well, they go together. And so a lot of times it's a situation of, you go in to treat anxiety, but you solve the other issue also. It's the same thing with, um, you know, learning disabilities. It's a reality of, can they sit in that desk? Well, if they learn how to focus and sit in that desk, 
then they can bring in the information into their mind. So we teach them how to do that. One of the other more important things is writing down their thoughts. And if they can't tell it to you, write it down. I have a lot of kids that I work with and they have a routine. They journal once they leave school and get home every day. They have their snack and they, and they journal. And um, during COVID, journaling was the saving, saving grace for so many of the kids that I work with because they were just shutting down, just absolutely shutting down, didn't know how to do e-learning, but they needed a place for their thoughts. And so we do journaling, we do opportunities to learn how to just shut down the world. Um, I give them audios that they can listen to, especially in the learning area. We work on some audios that help them figure out what's going on. Um, shutting so with, with journaling, Alicia, yeah, I just want to yeah. kind of hit on Go each ahead. one of these things. What kind okay. of age range are we talking about for the journaling? Is this, I assume it's kind of age appropriate for how long they go or how many words or whatever, but what are some parameters that as a parent, um, I can say, Hey, I love the idea of getting my kid a journal, maybe a cool one. That's, you know, a, a boy's journal or a girl's or whatever. Um, what are some parameters around that, that, that I might expect, or I want to set up for to set up for success? Okay, so so if they're from six to eight, and we're really finding that there's a lot of stuff that's happened because of COVID that we're seeing their confidence levels is touched earlier. And so from six to eight, then a lot of times they can't, uh, they can maybe write a word. And if they can't write a word, then they draw you a picture in their journal. Okay. And um, then if they're a little older, then they can put a couple of words together. Well, if you see a journal and they show you that journal when you're trying to find out what's going on and they have the word uh, anger or they draw a picture with somebody hitting somebody or whatever, they can tell you that story by one word. And so then you that begins a story for them and it makes it easier for them to communicate. And they're not worrying about it as much because they've already let it on that piece of paper. And it isn't controlling their mind. So um, that age group, and then as they get older, about 10 year old, they, they write, we give them, um, I have journals that I uh, have for uh, young girls and we have different topics. And so they might have, uh, and we can use this one for boys. And they, uh, is that one, a pediatric life coaching client? There you go, yeah. <laughs> Calling my dad in Texas. Uh, I love it. So, but yeah, so very much um, it is a situation. So we can, it, it, a great example of this, in our journal, we have a picture of a mask, okay? And so in the mask, there's a nose. And under the, uh, the nose, they write, I can. And on the other side, they write, I can't, okay? Great. So sometimes journaling for the younger group, you have to lead them and it helps them th move their thoughts. So you can give so a little I bit of prompts like, a, hey, I can and then write the, a list of things and I can't with a list of things. Right. Do you find that like, do you find resistance often in kids that haven't been journaling or do you find they they take to it like a fish to water? What's the experience? Because I think I... I might be a little bit scared, like, oh, my kid's not a writer or whatever limiting belief I might have. Do they tend to take to it? They love it. Reality is somewhere, it's somewhere to put their thoughts. 
so that they can put them together to explain what's happening in their head. Okay, so just like the I can, the I can't, we ask the kids to write those things, three things they can do and three things can't. But we also ask them around the uh, the mask to write those feelings that they have. So when they go to the I can't, there's frustrated feelings, there's anger, there's different things. But when they have the I can, they're happy and different feelings like that. So when we prompt them like that, that gives them an opportunity to connect with their mind and with their emotional status. But we have never had negative when it comes to journaling. It's just, uh, it's an opportunity. It's a tool that they can use for a lifetime. And I think we need to begin it early. Very good. I, I, I couldn't agree more. That's amazing. Um, with your with your Chatter Girls work, what mm-hmm. was the the catalyst that brought you to, I guess, the, you know, the girls versus the boys? I know you, you have a heart for all the kids and you work with, you know, all children, but you have a special brand and a special heart and a special outreach called Chatter Girls where you're speaking on stages and you're connecting with with young girls. What's the major theme of that and why? Well, it's an empowering theme of uniqueness. And the main reason I started it was because I read that self-confidence was developed between, is usually developed between age eight and 14. And as I said, we're seeing it younger now. And all the psychologists and psychiatrists were putting that out. And so one day I had a 10 year old in one office and I had a 35 year old woman in the other office. When at the end of the day, I I started thinking, I was like, they both told me the same problem. Same story almost, right? Same story. So the 35 year old woman was carrying what she had experienced at 10. I wanted to stop that. I wanted to change that. I didn't want that woman to take that into her uh, young girl to take it on her journey. And that was my own story. I had a very difficult childhood and I was the kid who never spoke, never raised her hand. And so I wanted to give a voice to that young girl. And that's what we've done in the Chatter Girl movement. You know, when when you were talking about that, the 35-year-old woman in one room and the 10-year-old girl in the other, I thought you're like the Terminator, but good things, <laughs> like, right? You you see this grown person and go, man, I want to I want to go back in time and address this in the moment. What a great reason to work with kids and to work with little girls at that time because this is when they're developing things. Can you talk to me a little bit about what well, this? Hopefully, will make sense as a piggyback. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about time management and life balance as a parent and as an entrepreneur, as a busy parent. Um, there's the, I feel like there's this pull. And as a father myself, I watch you know, my 11-year-old downstairs and I go, man, I want to – this radio show is so important for everyone listening and for you. And I want to have these conversations that matter right, with people like you mm-hmm. for the people listening. And I want to go play video games and, and go run in the park and play with my son but I feel oftentimes torn. Like some days I feel really good about it, right? Like I'm going to spend time here and then I'm going to spend time there. Other times I feel like I'm spinning plates. And could you speak to that? And maybe if there's a strategy or a mindset that you could help all of us overly busy entrepreneur parents with? Yeah, I can. And, you know, I was a single parent for many years and I had two children and it was a struggle. It was a struggle to be able 
I didn't even hadn't even started my business, but at one point I had four four different businesses and jobs going on in my life and managing two children. So I know that one. And in reality is the most important thing children really want is what I said earlier, listening. If you give a child 15 minutes of your time with eye to eye contact and just listen to what their day was like. And if they say, I just talked about this on another podcast. If they say, and you say, how was your day? And they say, fine. Then that means that day was not fine. And that's what I get every day after school. (laughs) Exactly. And your key is what was fine about it. Mm, That's good. Take it and give it back. And you as an NLP person should know this, but it reality is it's a situation of they don't want to talk about it, but they do. And so we must find quality time. And if you don't have it every day, then pick a time during the week that you and that child are going to spend at least an hour of quality. No matter what you're doing, they don't care what you're doing. They don't care if you drive through, you know, a fast food place. That doesn't matter. Oh, it's good. Because that, that's, that's one of our favorite <laughs> things to do. But you know what we'll do sometimes is like, it's a special thing, right? We'll, we'll drive through fat, not every day, but we'll drive through fast food. We'll get in. He's like, are we going home? Like, sure. And we go home, jump in the basement. We throw on the Xbox and just like sitting, talking, playing, eating. And there's this time that just like, yeah, it's, it's very, very. So quality time, certainly. And, and this is a true for everywhere, isn't it? Like, this is in my relationship. This is with my clients. So you're yes. saying that they don't care what I'm doing, but if I'm sitting next to him, or sitting next to her and I'm scrolling on my phone, if I'm watching TV, if I'm checking my Facebook notifications, why in your mind, I have my own explanations probably, we might be similar, but why in your mind is that, why does that feel so disconnected? I don't know. I mean, I know we are disconnected. You are disconnected, but you're also disconnected from your, on you. Yes. You're connected to your business and who you are and everything like that, but you're con- disconnected really from yourself. And that's why we all, you know, I'm always telling people in coaching and everything, how much time do you take just for yourself? I, you know, 15 minutes. I want to tell you. A, a, without a, a phone in your hand, without, without right? Without a phone in your hand. That, that, so to me, I, that's the biggest thing. Yes. So I want to share a fun one about quality time. So I'm here in Texas with my granddaughter and our favorite thing is um, they don't eat fast foods very much at her house. And so we do a fast food caravan. And so we go to, because they don't have this place in in Illinois, we go to In-N-Out and get a shake. Oh, stop it. I miss (laughs) In-N-Out. We go go to Chick-fil-A and get uh, fries. And then we go over to Mod Pizza and get a pizza. And so we've ha- we have such fun. It's a, our scavenger hunt. And every year we decide on a different places to go. But that is the best 30 minutes of my life because it's quality. She's so excited because it's an adventure. You know, if we don't keep our imagination going with our kids, it ain't going to work. No, we got to keep on. got to have an imagination. Very fun. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's something right there too, right? It's like actually having an imagination. Because um, I, I, you know what I, I realized sometimes, Alicia, is when I feel like 
burned out or overwhelmed. And I, you know, that time when, and I hate myself every time, right? It happens, but my son comes and he's like, Hey, do you want to play or do you want to hang out? And I'm like, in, in my head, my reaction is, are you kidding me? I am, so, <laughs> you know, and number one, it's terrible. Number two, I'm the adult, right? I'm 42 years old. He's 10, he's 11. Um, like I'm the one that needs to grow up and be there for him and decide and stop what I'm doing. So I get all that. Um, but there's just something about like, I catch myself in that moment and that's mm-hmm. what I'm like. Oh. And I almost always, every time I catch myself phones in my hand or my laptops on my lap. And that's when I'm like, you know what? Put it face down. I turn to him, touch him on the face and he hates it, but he loves it. Right. Like touch him on the face, look him in the eyes. And it's like, I love you. And he's like, you're weird. I'm like, I, I love you. So don't judge the kid's reaction because you're still, if you're giving them what they need, um, they are going to love you for it and be better for it. So Alicia, uh, you know, we've, we spent most of the time chatting about kids, which of course, you know, it's special in my heart and yours with the grandbabies and everything else. Um, but your new book, uh, this is a very exciting thing too. Your new book is not just for kids because you spent so much time with kids. Um, tell us about the the new book for women entrepreneurs becoming an unstoppable woman entrepreneur what was the again the the main desire and germ of the idea for this book well i had already done the first one and it really tells about my journey in in life and in my challenges in childhood but this one came to the place of talking about chatter girls because i really never felt like i was an entrepreneur until i sat down and wrote chatter girls because I felt like I was giving back something to to the world. And so I felt like that was my job as an entrepreneur. So it, tell, it tells a little bit about my struggles, but it tells uh, a little bit about, you know, how I managed to uh, put uh, that together and learning, had to learn so many new, different things and how challenging that was because I'm a little older. And I didn't know what Facebook was and everything. And my biggest thing to everybody to, to say to everybody was, what you don't know, find a team, find people who know it. And, you know, and, and that was that was it. And I think that that's the big thing for entrepreneurs is, you know, if you're going to, you know, start a business, find out what you're not good at and find somebody else to do it and make sure you put that in the budget because otherwise you will not grow. And, um, you know, I, I hear that from a, a lot of people, but I really do talk about starting Chatter Girls, all the, uh, some of the challenges and my growth uh, with Chatter Girls. And then I give them the letters of chatter, um, which is my most important thing. You know, we've grown up with negative chatter, but let's put a, a positive uh, mode on it. And so C stands for celebrate, H stands for happy. A stands for aspiring to be a better person. T stands for truthful. T stands for thoughtful. How are you thoughtful to someone else? And E stands for empower. And R stands for responsible. You bring it all together because you're responsible for your uniqueness and who you are. So good. Gosh, I, I can't wait. And this, and this book is out now. Is it on yeah, pre-sale or is it it's available right now, right? It's out right now. It's, uh, you can get it off of our uh, webpage or um, if you go to Amazon and put my name in, you'll go right to us too. There you go. You can grab uh, it's kind of the book. The new book is Becoming an Unstoppable Woman Entrepreneur, Alicia Marcus Barong, Pediatric Life Coach. Get it on Amazon. 
Uh, you can also go to guidedchoices.org slash shop, and you can get uh, that book and, and see all the other resources Alicia has. You have some really, really cool resources, um, guided meditations and, and uh, books and different uh, reports and things like that for kids. There's affirmation cards. Like, There's some really cool mm-hmm. stuff on here. So entrepreneur parents, make sure you go check this out. It's guidedchoices.org. Alicia, you rock, my friend. I'm so, so grateful you took the time to be, uh, be on the show. Um, always a pleasure seeing you. Every time I see you on the old Facebook, you are uh, just ripping and roaring and doing doing another thing. So uh, can't wait to see you a little further down the road. You yep. are awesome. Thank you so much, man. Thanks for the time. Thanks for all the uh, lessons also. You're awesome. Thanks. All right, guys, that's the show for this week. Thanks again to my guest, Alicia marcus Barong, pediatric life coach from guidedchoices.org. Uh, she's just a firecracker. I really, really like Alicia. Um, and she's insightful. Um, powerful. Most importantly, when you connect with her, you find she cares deeply about the parents, about the kids. That's why she's doing this. Um, and she's been doing it for so long. So uh, phenomenal. Uh, make sure you give her a follow. And hey, if you haven't already, give me a follow at Matt Browning on all social media. Uh, and make sure, again, if you haven't subscribed lately to the show, make sure you subscribe to the podcast version of the show, which of course is available anywhere where you get podcasts. Or you can go to mattbrawningpodcast.com, see what's coming up, check out some archive shows. They're all free, no paywall. It's all for you. And I'll see you next week with another Driven Entrepreneur. Bye-bye.